Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. I want everyone to open their Bible with me to John chapter 20. And um, I want to really dedicate today's message to anyone who's come to the faith in the last two or three months here at the church or wherever you came to faith. Um, This is especially for you, but this is a real challenge. Today's message is a real challenge to all of us. It's been a week since Resurrection Sunday, and I really felt led by the Lord to preach on a corresponding text, even though it's thousands of years later. What we're going to look at uh, um, today is one week later, actually eight days later, after the resurrection. And today, um, even though I said last week we're, we were ending the resurrection series, today's kind of like a, a PS to the resurrection. Um, And uh, before I read the text, one of the interesting things that we're going to look at is that the disciples were sort of in a what next mode. Jesus had been crucified and um, they didn't know what was next. And then Jesus rises from the dead and he begins to appear to them as he said that he would, um, and um, what he basically challenges them to do after, quote, he rose from the dead, what you're going to see is, is he's basically telling them, it's time to believe. After the, when, you, when you think about what now, after the resurrection, for the rest of their lives, it was the time to believe. Now it was time to live by faith after he had risen from the dead. And the title of today's message is The Call of the Resurrection. The call of the resurrection is to believe. How many would say Amen is to live by faith, is to put your trust in God and for the rest of your life to live by faith. Whether it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose a couple couple days later, the minute they recognized and realized that he had risen from the dead, it was time to live by faith. It was time to believe. And even now, how many know the minute you accept the resurrection Savior into your heart, how many would agree it's time to believe? time to believe and so but believing has its challenges doesn't it and so I want to read uh, this this passage of scripture it's uh, John chapter 20 uh, um, and we're going to begin with verse 19 I just love um, um, I love how true and how human and how real and yet divine at the same time the word of God is because it just talks about the God side and the human side and the reality of our challenges. So let's read this. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together. So the first day of the week was that Sunday and Jesus had risen from the dead. He had already appeared uh, to Mary. And it says, on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together, 
With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Everyone say, peace be with you. Now look at me for a second. This was a peace be with you unlike any other peace be with you in history. You see, because now that Jesus had risen from the dead, there was the possibility of peace with God was now accomplished. There is peace with God and there's the peace of God and Jesus is the source of both of those and when he says peace be with you, the possibility of true peace with God had been created by the death and the resurrection of, the, of Christ. And so the doors are locked but now he's the resurrected savior. There is no hindrance to God, he just walks right in the room. And he says, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. This was part of the apostolic authority that he was laying upon them. We're not going to camp here, but it's an important note to make. And it says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He was not with them. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Now everyone look up here for a second. This is a side note, but I think this is a very, very important note for everyone. I want you to notice that you can miss out by missing. You see, you can miss out by missing. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. And a lot of people, we take for granted the possibilities that are available every time we gather together. How many know when we gather together, we're expecting for Jesus to show up? And when Jesus shows up, some powerful things happen. How many would say amen? You see, and when you're missing, the possibilities of missing out are gigantic. And that's why it's important to be connected to the body of Christ. This is not an optional thing. If you want to be close to God and stay close to God, you got to experience God. You got you to be part of the flow of God and the life of God. And God flows through his body. He said, I will build my church. And, and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But when he's building the church, he's building the body. And to be connected to the body is so crucial. This is not to badger people to come to church. This is the way this thing works. We are a spiritual organism. Okay, we, we are all part of the body of Christ. And, and it is very possible. You know, I looked up, I think it was J.B. Phillips. He said, um, look, people miss church all the time because they have all their reasons. Easter actually is a great example of that um, because typically on any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, we're missing almost 
an entire congregation. And it's because of life, because people have to go visit, you know, their grandma, and people have work, and people have this. I understand all of that, and this is not a legalistic thing, but this is an important point to make, okay? When you do miss out, if you don't have to miss out, you are forfeiting an opportunity to have a faith-building experience. So one of the things that J.B. Phillips was saying is, I don't know why he missed, but was it worth it? Because Jesus was there, and guess what they, he did? He offered his hands. He, offered, he walked right through the door. How many would love to have seen Jesus like, shush, walk through the door? I mean, come on. Hallelujah. You know? And so uh, um, th- it's not necessarily what this message is about, but it is important for us to understand the importance of this. You know, um, uh, I, I was thinking this morning over the course of our history, just as a church and over the course of, of all of the different things that have happened, different experiences. I just saw Pastor Jose who greeted you. I just saw his mom. And his mom was here from the very beginning. She was, she was probably when the Chicago Tabernacle was born, you know, she was one of the three or four or five people that I was like, man, I'm so happy she's here. You know, because I knew that I knew that she loved God and that she served God. And it was so awesome because every Sunday she would tell on Jose. <laughs> this is pre him being like really serving the Lord. He was in the like rascal mode. And uh, uh, she would just tell on him. So... And how many praise God that he's a man of God today? Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. But, But think of the meetings that she's been in. Think of the prayers that she's prayed. And when you... When you go to church and when you're part of church, when you're part of what's going on, then you, you're part of the history of the amazing things. You get to say, oh, I was there when God did that. I was there when he parted the Red Sea. I was there when, when, when water came flowing out of the rock. I was there when God did this. I was, something happens and, and uh, we need to build a legacy and a heri- we have to have a heritage of faith. You got to have something to share with your kids, you know? And so, anyway, I don't want to be too long on this, but, the, but it is important to understand the possibilities of what we're forfeiting. I'll never forget, last thing I'll say on this is that um, I was in a prayer meeting at the Brooklyn Tabernacle many, many years ago. I was really young in my faith, and... Uh, um, and George Stormont was there, and he walked with um, Smith Wigglesworth, great evangelist, a man who did great miracles by faith, and uh, basically carried his bags, and he was sharing. And he was now, this guy was probably in his mid to late 70s. He was talking that night. I was way up in the balcony. I remember it like yesterday. And he said in this strong British accent, which puts more anointing on it, you know what I mean? I won't even try to duplicate it, but he said, uh, he said, I'm going to tell you something today. He said, don't miss the prayer meeting because you might miss when the spirit falls. And um, 
How many want to be there when the Spirit falls? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so I just want to encourage all of you the importance of that. But let's keep reading. Let's keep reading this uh, awesome passage here. It says, uh, um, so unless I see nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. This is like a replay, but just for Thomas's sake. Hallelujah. You know. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, and put it into my side. And then I want everyone to read these four words. Ready? Stop doubting and believe. One more time. Stop doubting and believe. It's time to believe. The call of the resurrection is that we believe. Is that we, that, that we live by faith and that we look at our situations and our circumstances and that we apply faith to those things because we believe that he rose from the dead and if he rose from the dead, then all things are possible through God. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And then Thomas said, my Lord and my God, exclamation point, and then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. And then here it is. This is where we're going to end. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Hallelujah. A couple more verses, correct? It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may, everyone, believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Can I declare to you, believing leads to life. Believing leads to life. So I want to pray, God, build our faith today. It's time to believe. Whether you've been saved two weeks or, 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 or 42 years, how many know every day is time to believe? Until we see him face to face, it's time to believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the holy story of your son, Jesus. We thank you that he not only came to the earth, but he rose from the dead in power. And God, today I pray that every single one of us would receive the call of the resurrection. And the call of the resurrection is to believe, Father is to believe, is to apply faith to our daily challenges, circumstances, obstacles, oh God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless this word and the next few moments of our time together. Lord, we want to walk out of here believing today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. The, the resurrection is the foundation and the springboard of all of our believing. You know, faith is believing, and believing is what pleases God.
And the resurrection literally is like, a, is like a springboard. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can rise up and believe. Amen? However, in the reality of our humanness, we all have challenges to believing. And I want to, I I, this, this passage is in the scriptures for our benefit and we're going to look at some of these challenges. The first thing that this shows us is that believing has to overcome doubt. Believing has to overcome doubt. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. One more time, everyone. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. We all have a challenge from time to time to doubt. And can I say this? Not all doubt is bad. Famous preacher H.H. Drummond said this, we are born questioners. You know, you talk to a two or three-year-old and they love to say, why? Why? And why? And it's why all day, isn't it? We are born questioners, and that's okay. Here's what he said. He says, God has planned a world to incite intellectual activity. So the very nature of the way the world has been created is so that we would look at it and think about it. Uh, I read a a, a biography of Leonardo da Vinci once, and um, part of Leonardo's Uh, Da Vinci's greatness was found in his intellectual curiosity when he said to himself, question everything. It's okay to ask questions. And the Christian faith is not afraid of questions. You know why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. You see, however, however, when our answers have been, uh, uh, when our questions have been adequately answered, Okay, how many would agree it's time to believe? There comes a point where we have to stop doubting and believe. And all of us need to recognize it doesn't matter how old you are in God. Okay, this is one of those things that can't get old. All of us have faith challenges and the Satan wants to get you and I to doubt things. He wants us to doubt our walk with God and our relationship with God. He doesn't want us to sing, you are good, you're never going to let me down. He wants us to doubt. That's what he He wants us to doubt our calling. He wants us to doubt the will of God for our lives. He wants us to doubt the plan of God. He wants us to doubt uh, key relationships. He wants us to doubt that our children are going to serve the Lord. He wants us to doubt that, that we're going to get out of this financial hole. He wants us to doubt God and doubt God and doubt God. That is the work of the enemy. But the word of the Lord to this congregation today and to someone in particular is stop doubting and believe. Hallelujah. Stop doubting and believe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What we have to understand is that everyone has a faith fight. And doubting is, 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 is kind of what you encounter when you're in the fight of faith. What the, the Apostle Paul said, we need to fight the good fight of faith. Okay? So, will you be tempted to doubt? Will I be tempted to doubt? Absolutely every day. 
Every day we're tempted to doubt. Every day things come up in our lives. And, and, and here's what Jesus was basically saying when he said, stop doubting and believe. Here's the essence of what he was saying. When you look at, this is the way life with God is. Life with God is sort of like a string of open doors. Okay? Where you say, where you realize God opened this door. And way back when, when God opened that door, only God could have opened that door. You know, the Bible says that God is the God who opens doors that no man can shut, and he closes doors that no man can open. So think back with me for a second about your own life, and there's a moment in time when God opened up a door. All right? And then he opens up another door. And then he opens up another door. And you end up in places and you're like, how in the world did I get here? And it's because God opened up one door after another door after another door after another door. You look at your whole life. You look at your whole history of being blessed by God and it's because God opened up the door. God opened up the heavens just like Amy prayed a few minutes ago. I don't know, we don't really deserve it, but because he's rich in mercy, because he's a loving, because he's a good, good father, he opens up doors. He opens up one door after another door after another door after another door. And then guess what happens? After all of those open doors, we experience a challenge. The enemy comes and something disappointing or difficult, or we come across some hard situation, you know, uh, 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 some crisis, some battle, and what happens is, is we forget all of the doors that he opened. We forget all of the doors that he opened. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start to doubt. When I, when I come to the church, uh, I don't park on the street. I don't park on the side lot. I actually park in a, a little gravel lot that we have here. We kind of have a 50-year lease on it or something like that with the deal when we bought this. So I park in the gravel lot. And it's an interesting thing because when I park in the gravel lot, I walk behind the building, right behind this wall. And I can't tell you how many mornings and days I've walked behind the wall and I look up at the wall like this and I go, oh snap, how did we get here? How did we get here? You know? You know how we got here? God opens doors. How many of you say Amen. Stop for a moment. How did you get where you are? How did you get here? You got here because you're good or you're smart, because you're pretty? How many know we're blessed because God opened doors? Can we put our hands together and put our hands? Hallelujah. And so can I tell you, we have to understand that there's a time when you have to fight. You have to fight. You have to look at situations and circumstances, and you have to stop doubting and believe. You know, you have to say, no, I'm not going to settle for the devil's version of this. 
I'm not going to settle for Satan's version of this. I'm not going to believe in the report of man. I will only believe in the report of the Lord. That's what I will believe. And that's the faith life. You know, that's the faith life for everyone. Look, forgive me for the personal references. When Chrissy and I first got married and we were not getting along, and we didn't go to premarital counseling. And I was, I was not prepared. You know, I was not prepared to get married. I needed more training. And that's why at our church now, when, when people want to get married, we say, you don't do premarital counseling, we will not marry you here. Okay? We take this thing really seriously. So I wasn't prepared. I kind of slipped through the cracks at a church, and, and, and we were in a battle. And I remember, I remember the devil saying, quit, quit, quit. You see? Quit. Walk away. You know? And I'm sure he said that a million times more to her. You see, but when you're in the midst of that battle today, Jesus has risen from the dead. You need to look at your marriage and you say, my marriage will make it. In the name of Jesus, my marriage will make it. We're going to fix this thing by the power of the resurrected Savior. By my power, no. But by the power of God, yes. My kids will make it. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My kids are going to serve the Lord. You see, all of us have all sorts of battles and struggles. And the faith life is Jesus has risen from the dead. And you know what? We have to stand against doubt. And we say, I know in whom I have believed. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, Pastor Matt prayed for the meeting. And he prayed. He said, Lord, let faith be the new normal. How many know as uh, I wrote it down, I ripped him right off, right? Let faith be the new normal of our lives. Why? After a week later, it's been a week since Resurrection Sunday, after he rose from the dead. How many know for us, every day, faith needs to be the new normal. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we've got to fight the fight of faith. And whether you're old or or, or new, it's important for us to understand that there's a call to stop doubting and belief. Because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all of the things that God did. You see? And this is crossroads. This is crossroads stuff, right, that we're talking about. This is the difference between victory and really and, 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 and basically stagnation. You see, God, what pleases God is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the first thing that, the, that this passage teaches us is that believing has to overcome doubt. Okay? And I want you to begin to tackle the things that you are wrestling with in your life and apply faith. Everyone say faith. Yes. Apply faith because faith is what pleases God. Stop doubting and believe. Here's the second thing. Believing doesn't need sight or touch. Believing doesn't need sight or touch. How many know believing doesn't need? How many know faith doesn't need sight or touch? 
okay? We live in a world that everything is sight and touch. Look, he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. How many know that position is the wrong position? That's not the faith position. You see, faith doesn't need sight or touch. What faith needs, brothers and sisters, is truth. Faith doesn't need sight. It needs truth. Everyone say truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, here's what the truth is. The truth is, is that Thomas had walked with him for years and Thomas saw Jesus touch sick people. Thomas saw Jesus touch all kinds of situations. He touched a woman's son, the, the, the widow of Nain. Her son was in the coffin and they were walking with him and he walked up, Jesus walked up and he touched the coffin and a Jew would never touch a coffin because that was a, to defend to touch a dead body was to defile yourself, but Christ is undefilable, hallelujah, because he's the, ribbon, the reigning power of the world. And he goes and he touches that coffin and he says, rise up, woman, here's your son. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He already had the history and so he didn't need to see anymore or touch anymore because the truth is, is Jesus had already proven himself faithful. And how many know he's already proven him self-faithful to our lives. We don't need another touch. We don't need another, another sighting. You see, listen, stop telling yourself you need another sighting. Stop telling yourself that you're in this crisis because God hasn't shown himself to you. He has. He has. Okay, we need... The truth. Now, can I just say this? It is important for us to fill ourselves with the truth. This is why we have the Word of God. This is why, whether you're five days in Christ or 50 years in Christ, the nature of our walk with God is that we need to stay full of the truth. And when you read the word of God, it, it grows you. Look at what J.P. Moreland said. He said, a flourishing life is one that believes more and more truths and fewer and fewer lives as one matures. Okay? More and more truths and fewer and fewer lives as one matures. That's what you call maturing in your faith. You grow up. You look at things that used to rattle you and they shouldn't rattle you anymore because you've been filling your heart with more and more truth. It's not the same broken record of unbelief and doubt. You go on and you, you see God's track record and you see the promises of God over and over and over again and you say, hallelujah, I believe in the word. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. You see? So can I tell you something? A truthless life is inevitably a doubting life. Let me say that one more time. A truthless life is inevitably a doubting life. People who doubt don't read their Bibles. People who read their Bibles struggle a lot less with doubt. And so it's important for us to understand we don't need sight or touch. 
You know, we really don't need that. What we need is the truth. Okay, we don't need sight or touch. So here's another one. Faith doesn't need touch. It needs his promise. The promise was that he was going to rise again. He had already promised that he was going to do that, and he did that. Both of these things revolve around the word of God. And the reason why I set this apart, here's why. Look, guys, this is important. So sometimes you read the Bible, right? When you read the Bible, you could read something good, and, uh, it's, a, and it's a blessing to you because you're getting truth in your heart, okay? But then sometimes while you're reading, what you get is a promise, okay? When you get a promise from God... And it's so funny, I was talking, part of the reason why I'm preaching this is because I was talking to a young man this past week, and he's 21 years old, and he said to me, you know, Pastor, I'm like at this line in life where I have to live by faith and trust God, not under my parents, but for myself. Like, I'm facing life now, where I have to learn how to I got to learn how to trust God for myself. And I was like, amen. That's right. That's right. You know what is more important to God than anything, anything that we have, any talent? The Bible is, is very clear about this. What's most important to God is our faith. What pleases him. It's what we're commended for. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have to understand. We have to understand the power of faith. Look at what the Bible says in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. That commendation means they're, they're the word that says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Why will God say well done? He's going to say well done to you because you live by everyone. Faith. Not because you were perfect. Nobody's perfect. Not because there was, a, there was no failure or hardship or sin in your life. All have sinned and we all sin from time to time. We all fall short. But praise be to the living God. He paid the price that we could not pay. You see, what he's looking for is faith. That's what they were commended for. But watch this. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by everyone, the Word of God. It's by the Word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The Christian says, my God is invisible. God is the God of all power and all might. And he calls those things that are not as though they were. Oh, really? Yeah, just look at the universe. The universe was a God-ordained explosion. It was a big bang, but it was a big bang that came out when the Lord said, let there be light and let there be a world and let there be stars. That was the bang. That was the power. That was the orderly formation of all things. It was the word of God. And listen, the reason why it says this is because from the universe all the way to eternity, 
It'll always be the same. It's by the word of God. It's by the promise of God. So when you grow in God, this is important. When you grow in God, you have to have promises. You have to. There have to be things that, 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 that exchanges that happen between you and God where you get a promise. You see? Where you're like, oh no, this is the promise God gave me. You know, God gave us a promise when we moved to Chicago. One of the promises God gave me was out of the book of Amos. Okay? And it was Amos uh, 9.13 where it says the, the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. And, and, the, and the sower by the one who, that one, yes. And it says, and the, wine, and the hills will drip with wine. And I remember it was like five in the morning when I got this promise. And I woke up, and, and when I spoke to Chris, I said, Chris, okay, this seems crazy that we're leaving. She had heard from God that we should go. And I said, Chris, I don't know how this is going to happen, but immediately we're going to start. Immediately, we're going to, you know, the, the, the process, I thought we were going to be starting a church. It was going to take us a year maybe in our house. I said, no, it's going to, God promised me it's going to start. We weren't in Chicago one month and already we had met people and, and, and stuff was happening. Pastor Jose's mom was one of the originals. Pastor Jose was there. Darcy, Darcy was at the, at the altar, the last sermon I preached on staff at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Darcy came up. Think about the providence of God. I preach this message. Last message I preach at the Brooklyn Tabernacle before we leave. I come down. Darcy comes up. I'll never forget. She says, hey, I'm moving to Chicago. And she said, you know what? I'll serve. I'll, I'll, I'll help. She, uh, here's what she, she, I don't know, she probably doesn't remember. She said, I'll her, serve. I'll help. She said, I'll tithe. I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we had no idea how this Right there at the altar. You know why? Because the, the process, God promised, I'm going to accelerate the process. I'm going to accelerate the process. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. The faith life means that you seek God until he starts giving you promises. Get a hold of promises for your life. That's the brand of Christian that we feel called to raise up here. That's a biblical Christian. Okay, it may not be American and it may not, but I'm telling you, the ancients, the, the ancient men and women of God throughout history, every single one of them, they got promises from God. They heard from God from themselves. They had time alone with God. God spoke to their heart and they could walk out and face the world and look at buildings and look at situations and look at all kinds of things and say, God promised me that he would do this and by his powerful word, if he can speak the universe into existence, he can speak this situation into existence as well. I don't need to touch it. I don't need to see it. He spoke it. He spoke it. Hallelujah. Part of the reason why we say read your Bible every day, read your Bible every day is because we're jealous for you to have these types of experiences with God. You know? You know I told that young man, I said, brother, surrender. 
get in the presence of God and surrender. Offer your life as a living sacrifice. Don't conform to the, any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the word of God fill you. And then it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, God, when he gives you his word, when he gives you his promise, man, stuff changes, your walk changes, your life changes. You start to walk with courage. You start to walk with, how do you walk with conviction if you don't have a personal promise from God? You see? But when God gives you a personal promise, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. There's nothing more wonderful than God spoke to me. Hallelujah. Now, that's what leads us into the last point. Okay, here's what this passage teaches us is the last thing is that believing is blessed when you don't see. Believing is blessed when you don't see. When he did touch, when he did see, he said, my Lord and my God, and it says, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Let's read that together. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There it is, guys. There it is. There it is. You see, faith is like a confession that you make without sight. Faith is something that gets inside of your spirit and you know that you know that God has spoken to you. And when you, when you get that inside of you, it's like you take your stand upon Jesus. You take your stand on living for him and serving him. You take your stand on his word. And you don't have to see it. You just know. Here's what's awesome about this. Later on, Jesus ascends to the throne of God. Later on, 50 days later, actually a little less than 50 days, but 50 days from the resurrection, the Spirit of God was poured out as they were in the upper room praying. But guess who was there? Thomas wasn't going to miss out anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church was born in a prayer meeting. And the Spirit of God was poured out upon those people as they were seeking God. And then the church itself was born. And incredible things happen. And when you read Paul and Peter, most of their work and their labor, okay, was in that same region, essentially. It was basically in Jerusalem heading over to Rome. And Rome was significant because of Pax Romana, which meant that Rome had established its own brand of peace and they were... There were roads going everywhere. And so there was a facilitation of movement for the gospel. And so much of what happened was in that same, from the Middle East over to Rome, all of that, there was this incredible explosion into, into Greece. There was this incredible explosion of the gospel. But listen, 
after that time, something so powerful happened in Thomas's life that Thomas, he separated himself from the disciples but not from Jesus because Jesus called him to India. You see, he left them. He wasn't part of what they were doing. He went someplace else. Now notice, notice, he left them, but he didn't leave Jesus. And he was a man of faith. Okay, we don't have the time to talk about this, but here's what I would say. The church in India was born because of Thomas. Okay? And listen, India today has 27.8 million Christians because somebody heard from God and followed God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's because he got the word of the Lord. And he said, I'm not going to doubt anymore, Lord. I'm going to believe. I'm going to follow you. You see, God has that plan for your life too. You see, God has an incredible impact that he wants to make through your life. So many people, I see Josh and Lisa are visiting back and this couple that God put together. What, did God put them together, you know, just to be together? How many, how many know, believe that if Jesus put Josh and Lisa together. How many believe that if he put them together, it's because he has a plan to bring glory to his name through their lives? How many would believe that today, even though you don't know them? But you know what they have to do? They have to live by faith. These men right here, they have to live by faith. Stop doubting and believe. And so listen, what I want to do today is I want to pray for faith. You know, what's at, you know what's at stake? The will and call of God over your life and mine. And it never ends. The challenge remains. Okay? The older you get in God, the more God calls you to believe. The, the, the greater the challenge, He wants our faith to grow. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how old you are in God, you can still get tempted to doubt. But the word of the Lord today is stop doubting and believe. I wonder if there's anyone here today. You've been in a faith battle. You, you, you need a guiding battle. You need the word of the Lord. You need the direction of God. You need a promise from God because you want to follow God. I felt in my spirit that God wants to make this. We don't have a ton of time, but we have enough time to seek him. We're going to begin to sing, holy, there is no one like you. He's faithful. Our faith is on a firm foundation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're going to begin to sing that. As we begin to sing that, if you need a, a, an injection of faith in your heart, if you need a fresh word of the Lord, you need a clarifying word of the Lord, well, come and say, God, give me the word of faith. I need the word of faith. I need the same word that Thomas got, oh God. Speak to me today, oh God. 
He still speaks, brothers and sisters. He still speaks to his people. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's lift our hands to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. I will build my life, everyone. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not. As we sing that, slip out of your seat. If this is the word of the Lord to you. Hallelujah, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Just make your way to the altar. We want to lay hands on people. We're believing for resurrection power kind of breakthrough. Hallelujah, there's breakthrough available. Breakthrough begins with faith. Breakthrough begins with the word of the Lord.